Thank you for joining us here at VLC. Our purpose is to help people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. I've got a, a new talk that I'm kicking off called Atmosphere. Now the, the word atmosphere has a few different meanings and so let me kind of uh, set this up for you today. Uh, you ever been, let's say, you ever been to a restaurant and they got a big fireplace, they got soft lighting, they got soft music, and you're like, man, this is a cozy, wonderful atmosphere. Huh? Or you ever been to a restaurant and you're outside on the deck and they got a live band and, and I mean, it, it's just full of energy? Different atmosphere. Or maybe you've been into a, a really cool hotel and there's something super friendly and inviting about it. Or you've been to a ball game, you know, and, and everybody's going crazy, right? Different atmospheres. You see, the thing I've, I've found out about it in my, as I begin to unpack my, my talk and kind of study this thing out, this kind of atmosphere basically, you know what it does? It kind of describes the tone or the mood really the influence of an environment. And I know from a staff perspective, I know our team, as, as a local church, we talk about atmosphere all the time. Our mission is to create an atmosphere where anyone that comes through these doors gets the opportunity to experience Jesus. Not some denominational philosophy or religious opinion, but Jesus. And so creating that type of atmosphere is an ongoing thing for us as a church. But today, my focus is really geared more specifically to each of us as individuals. And the reason I bring it up is because I am convinced, with, with, some, with some time with the Lord, I am convinced that God has a mandate for our generation. He does. That's right, Michelle. He does. Now, you have to be open to that because I'm telling you this morning, if we do not, as a church, not just locally, but across this nation, if we do not stand up, there is going to be a generation of, of children that grow up and they have, they're going to be so confused about who God is and what he looks like. And it's our responsibility to stand up. The crazy radicals, they want to have a voice. What they don't realize is nobody's really listening to that garbage. They've run their course. They the enemy always tries to blow up big and then blow out quiet because he can't. He's defeated. But the church isn't. And we are the body of Christ on the planet. And see, this mandate, God, I believe, is commissioning us as citizens of the kingdom of heaven to bring the culture of heaven wherever we are. Neighborhoods, workplaces, schools. Are you ready for this radical thought? Government. What if you got Holy Ghost-filled people running the show instead of some crazies? Now, not all of them, all right? Not all of them. See, here's, here, here's the problem. With this in mind, this is what really sparked this talk today. As a Christian, as a Christian, not a Republican, not a Democrat, as a Christian, say it with me, I'm a Christian. See, the word Christian means like Christ. So with this thought of us, of us 
having this mandate, this responsibility to create a certain atmosphere. You ever find yourself getting sucked into the narrative of the agenda-driven media? You sit there, so often we're guilty of this. We sit there like little baby birds in a nest with our mouth wide open, and whatever they pour in, we're just like, oh, yeah? And, and, and the Apostle Paul makes it very clear. Listen to me very carefully today. Ephesians chapter 6, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, with powers, with rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. And here's what you and I need to understand, that there are just a couple of, of, of in, in, across our nation, there's a couple of cities that are having this radical, crazy stuff going on, and this media has made you think that it's this national thing, and it's not. It is not. But here's the problem. We're just sitting back singing kumbaya. Wait for the church to open back up. Not anymore. But it's not with people. Listen. Let me try this side. Y'all didn't get it. It is not with people. You, you all know this. You remember the story. There's a beautiful picture of this in the book of Daniel. Daniel is praying for his nation. How many of y'all praying for your nation? Daniel's praying for his nation and the archangel Gabriel. See, I need you all to wrap your head around something. You are of a different world. You are of the kingdom of heaven. It is of a different dimension. Gabriel is a real being. And Daniel is praying for his nation because his nation has been wreaked. Nebuchadnezzar has wreaked havoc on his nation. And Gabriel, the archangel, shows up. Right? I know y'all think, oh, that's cool. I wish I... Stop right now. So Gabriel shows up and says, Daniel, from the first day that you prayed, I was commissioned to come on your behalf. But the prince of Persia hindered me. Now listen, this is, a, this is an archangel talking about the prince of Persia, not the prince of Persia on the planet, the prince of Persia, a spiritual wickedness in heavenly places controlling a real prince on the planet. And make no mistake about it, in our nation right now, there are principalities and powers influencing people in wrong cities. And you think a politi political agenda is going to stop that? You are sadly mistaken. There is one way it's going to happen. It's when the church stands up and exercises their authority because we have a mandate. You're like, man, you're coming with fire this morning. I know I'm on fire this morning. <laughs> Our job. Guys, at some point, we have to stop fueling this stuff. It's driven by the kingdom of darkness. This means as a Christian, we have to, please, please take this home today. If you're at home right now, write this down. We, as a Christian, we have to provide an alternative to the anger instead of fueling it. I see some of your all's garbage on social media. You're a Christian, born of a different kingdom. Stop conforming to this world system. 
Several of you I've hid anyway, so I don't I can't I couldn't I couldn't follow your trash anymore. I'm talking about Christians. Like, Pastor, you should calm down. You're gonna bust a bust a blood vessel. <laughs> At some point, we have to be people of God and stop fueling the anger. But we have to give them an alternative. See, here's our wake-up call, guys. Jesus said we are the light. We're the light of the world. And, and make no mistake about it, as confused and delusional as they are, the unchurched world is still watching because we're light. And, and even if they don't know it, they're still God-made. They just don't know truth yet because they've been deceived. The thing about deception, when you're in the middle of it, you think you're right. See, we have to give them an alternative to this current culture because we, we have a mandate to, to change it not to conform to it, not to be just another reflection of the, of the stuff going on. We need to set the atmosphere. Hmm? God is a God of love, you all. Now, make no mistake, God is also, the Bible says that God is a God of vengeance. But it belongs to him, not you. It belongs to God, not you. See, our job is to be an expression of Christ. God so loved the world that he yelled from heaven, you're doing a good job. <laughs> See, the, here's, the, here's the, the challenge for us today because uh, according to Jesus, there, there's a wonderful story in, in the New Testament that Jesus shares this parable about the enemy, he comes in, they had just, they had just sowed the seeds of wheat, of, a, of the harvest. And the enemy came in at night and planted tares right in the middle of the wheat field. And they said, Lord, you want us to tear this stuff out? He said, no, you'll destroy everything when you do that. He said, let the tares and the wheat, they have to grow together. And at the end, I'll separate. Here's the thing. The problem with the wheat and the tares growing together is the line that divides good and evil, it cuts right through the soul of humanity. And you want to know what the difference maker is? His name is Jesus, the Christ, the one who hung between earth and heaven saying, I am the answer, I have the solution, I have defeated the kingdom of darkness. But until the church learns to exercise their authority, so you're not exercising your authority over another human that might not agree with you politically. I got one that's right and a come on. Our job is to come against just like Daniel did. Gabriel said, Daniel, I responded day one that you came before the Lord, but I was hindered by this prince of Persia, this prince of darkness. They're still around today, you all. The only difference is now they have been defeated, but unless the church exercises its authority. So how do you do it? In your prayer time, when you come together, one will put 1,000 to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight. Jesus said, whatever you bind on this earth will be bound in heaven. I pray against the powers of darkness over these cities that have lost their mind every day. But, it's, it, but, but when two of us start doing it, when 10 of us, when, when the body of Christ bomb. But it starts with the individual. See, here's my question. What kind of atmosphere accompanies you? 
What kind of tone, what kind of mood do you set? What kind of mood or attitude goes before you? When you show up in the room, do, do they leave like, oh, here comes drama? Or they, they don't say anything because you know you're a gossip busybody that's going to. Or do they say, oh, like Joseph, here comes that dreamer. What kind, of, what kind of attitude, what kind of mood, what kind of tone goes with you? It's kind of like, I know I've asked this several times, I keep forgetting his name, the dude on Charlie Brown with the cloud of dirt that's all around him. Pigpen? That's his name, Pigpen? For real? <laughs> Pigpen, wow. That's how we are, though. We have this cloud that when you show up, it's all, it's, what shows up with you? See, I only I bring this up. Now, remember, I want I want this fresh in our theme because God has a mandate for us. It is time for us to, uh, to to step up, to not be so influenced by. You understand the mainstream media? They're all owned by the same corrupt people, and they're demonically influenced. I know some of you don't agree with that. Study it out. Prove me wrong. Go check it out for yourself. Don't don't ever assume I'm right. Don't. See, this life that God has called us to, it will require something that is not of this, er, this, this external world system. As ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven, as ambassadors, it's Christ in us, guys, that will empower us to exercise kingdom principles. The thing is, it's going to come from a world that we're no longer part, that we're, we're not part of this world anymore. God has called us, God has anointed us to go into this world and bring the kingdom of heaven with us in our schools, on, on our jobs. Now listen, not some religious agenda, not a bunch of denominational philosophies, but actual kingdom living. Listen, listen to Jesus. I, I, par I paraphrased a portion of John 17. This is Jesus, while he's still on the planet, praying for you. Now listen to these words. Father, I have given them, us, your word. I gave them your word, Lord. Because they are no longer of this world. What's he talking about? We're no, we're, we're, I'm right here. What's he mean? Just as I am not of this world. Sanctify them by your word. As you sent me, I'm sending them. How does the word sanctify us? Huh? See, Hebrews makes it very clear that the word of God, it will separate the, the spirit and the soul. It'll show you the difference between the natural and the spiritual. It'll, it, it says that it, it will reveal the thoughts and intents of your heart. The word of God will. And God said, or Jesus praying says, Father, sanctify them. How do you get separated from the things of this world? By spending time in the Word of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to be your umpire in life, learning how when, when everything doesn't go the way you think and you're not agreeing with this agenda or that agenda, instead of you getting all carnal on social media, you go back into the kingdom of heaven and begin to operate. Because you were born of a different world. And I talk to believers all the time, and they're like, what are you talking about, man? I am talking about you living out of the spirit nature that you were born of. That's why Paul said you are born again. 
He actually told them this. He wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and he says, hey, guys, why are you all acting like mere humans? He also makes this statement. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Because when you begin to understand that you are one of God's kids, that you are an heir to the throne of heaven, that the same Holy Spirit that brought Jesus out of the grave lives inside you, when you start to understand that and comprehend what that means, when you show up, Jesus shows up. Let, let's continue in John 17. Look at, look at verse 22. Jesus still praying and talking about us. And the glory which you gave me. What glory did God give Jesus? His glory. Raising the dead glory. Healing the sick glory. Speaking to things and bringing it back to life glory. Water walking glory. Net breaking boat sinking glory. What kind of glory? All you got to do is follow Jesus. You're like, man, I want that. According to Jesus' prayer, Father, the glory you gave me, I have, say have. You got it. <laughs> the problem with most of us, we don't take the time to get our minds clear enough to allow that to flow. He goes on, that they, talk about us, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me. That they may be made perfect in one. Say one. one. Say one. one. Yeah. And watch, the, this is what I wanted to get to. Why did Jesus do all this stuff? That the world may know that you sent me. See, when you and I start walking in the fullness of who we are as people of God, hmm? when we're not sucked into all the stuff going around us, we're not, none of that stuff ever moved Jesus. It never shook him. Never. So back to my original question, is, here's the thing. We have to self-evaluate for a minute. What kind of atmosphere are you portraying in your life? What kind of accompanies you? What kind of mood? How many moody people do we have in the room today? <laughs> one. Bunch of lie. I had one person raise their hand. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you, I'm guilty of this too. We have, you leave her alone. I'll... We are such emotional driven people. And there's nothing wrong with passion. I love that. But when it's misguided and it's not Holy Spirit led, that's when you hurt and you offend and you cause confusion. What kind of tone do you set? Huh? Do people like to be around you? Or when they see you, do they go the other way? Hmm? See, maybe the follow-up question ought to be this. Do we have any control over our own atmosphere? Do we? You sure? I'm, I'm setting you up because... <laughs> The Spirit of God lives in us, and according to, if you have some study time, you go, you, go, you go take John 17. Those of you watching, go take John 17 and unpack that thing. Set up camp in John 17. It will change your life. You talk about, you talk about fresh perspective. So would you say that you're more of a thermostat or a thermometer when it comes to atmosphere? 
See, a thermostat controls the environment. A, th a thermometer just reveals what's inside. And so often what comes out of you because you don't take the time to allow the Holy Spirit to give you the direction and guidance and inner strength to stand up and, and tell your emotions, not now, shut your mouth. How many of y'all said something and then you wish you hadn't said it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, we, we, we all have, Miss Betty. We've all said stuff, posted stuff, like, man, I, yeah, we all, we're human, but as we continue to grow and we become more like him, we learn how to control and set the atmosphere. Coach John Wooden, this is one of my favorite leadership guys, and, and John Wooden, he used to tell his players this all the time, things turn out the best for the people who make the best of the way things turn out. See, even though the, the, the Apostle Paul is a great picture of this, even though he was in prison, he didn't let prison have him. He said, none of these things move me. Anybody in here ever been beat up for preaching? Yeah, Paul's been beat. One time left for dead outside the city. He's been shipwrecked, put in prison, snake bit. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, I'd have quit. If I was Paul, I'd have quit. A lot. I'm like, Lord, no. Get somebody else. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to whatever. I mean, restaurants are hiring, right? I, I can cook. <laughs> Things turn out the best for the people who make the best of the way things turn out. Now, you do have some say in some of these things, but when, when everything doesn't go perfect around you, huh? see, the, the ability to make the best of any situation, it really comes down to us. It really, you ready for this? It really comes down to our attitude. Attitude, it'll, it'll be your best friend or your worst enemy, <laughs> your attitude. Huh? You know the old saying, you've probably heard this, if you haven't, you'll like this. When the attitude's right, the future's bright. I like to take it a step further. When the attitude's right, the present is way more enjoyable. I want to be around good attitude people. I don't want to be around those sarcastic, smart aleck, mean, hateful, no fun. Who wants to hang around that person? Not me either, babe. Mm -mm. See you. I'll pray for you. See, something I believe that we have to be aware of is that a right attitude, it gives us right perspective. There's a cool story in the Old Testament, and I've talked about it hundreds of times. But it's the story of Goliath. And see, that's what this uh, demonic-driven culture that we're looking at wants us to buy into that they're all that and then some but they're not see that the problem with the story is when you go look at the old testament story the israeli army they saw goliath as too big to kill because all they were was living in fear david saw him as too big to miss But you've got to know who you are with God. Now, once again, today, those are Old Testament types pointing us to a spiritual battle that we fight today. Your battle is not with your boss, your co-worker, the political party you don't agree with. That is not, that is not our battle. Now, in saying that, you better vote. Don't be dumb. You better vote. And vote in person. Don't buy into that nonsense. Vote. Go vote. Go vote. 
Remember God's mandate for us? We are to bring the culture of the kingdom everywhere we go. That means that we've got to be rooted and grounded in love. We've got to be passionate and full of the joy of the Lord. We've got to see past people's mistakes and struggles and things that uh, agendas. We've got, you got to see past that and see the person that Jesus died for. Come on, you all. You're going to help me just a little bit. That being said, one thing has to, has to happen, not just in this room, not just those of you watching, but as a nation, as a church, we have to be united. I actually used this scripture in my previous series, Find Your Fit, but man, when I was reading it, boy, it just resonated in my spirit. And it's in Acts chapter 4 out of the message, and it says this, the whole congregation of believers were united as one. You know what that means? That means they, they laid their agendas, their religious philosophies and, and political ideologies, they laid that aside and they became united. One heart, one mind. For what? For the advancement of the kingdom of heaven. Do you know that as I am speaking to you, there are literally thousands of people that are splitting hell wide open right now. And according to the statistics, for every one, right now in the United States, for every one person that is exiting the planet, two are coming, two are being born. And if the church does not stand up for who we are and tell truth, because truth makes you free. You don't have to fight it. You don't have to prove it. Truth is truth. That was the difference between Martin Luther King and some of these knuckleheads today. He stood for truth, and he did it in a godly way, quoting the Word of God. That's the difference. Yeah, I know. See, when it comes to other people, see, the right atmosphere, it can pave the way. It can also repair an old way. Our job as people of God is to embrace the reality that since we're still here, you still here, I see you. Since we're still here, the Almighty has graced us to do something. And here's the deal. This is the rub right here. Chances are it's going to involve people. For God so loved the world that he came, he gave his life for people, people. Jesus said this in John 10. He said, I came down from heaven so that you could have an abundant life. And so the closer that we follow Jesus, guys, the more we're going to do things the way he did them. The more we're going to respond like him, the more we're going to love like him, the more we're going to forgive like him, the more of an expression of him we're going to be. See, everywhere Jesus went, when you follow Jesus through the New Testament people, that everywhere he went, he was a difference maker. He, he, brought pro, he brought solutions to problems. He actually brought out the best in people so often. And I, I believe with all my heart that if, if, if we as a people, the closer that we are to Jesus, the better our attitude's going to be towards people. See, this is the difference between Pharisees 
and people that walk with Jesus. See, Pharisees, all they did was think law and fault find and nitpick and look at people's problems and everything they're doing wrong. Not Jesus. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Zacchaeus was, uh, he was a mobster. He was an organized crime leader. <laughs> Seriously, go check the story out. And he said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today, brother. And the Pharisees lost their mind. See, being aware of who we are, especially in, in today's climate, embracing the responsibility of being the thermostat with our attitude. See, really, here's the thing. The closer you are with Jesus, the better your attitude's going to be towards others. Matter of fact, the better your attitude is going to be towards everything, really. The closer you get with Jesus, stuff doesn't, I can tell you from experience as a pastor, stuff doesn't bother me like it used to. Man, I, I used to, I, I used to get so tore up, somebody leave my church. I mean, I would be so, I mean, it would, it, now it still hurts, but it, it happens. Listen, people come and go all the time. That's part, that's, somebody would say something about me. I'm like, oh, what's wrong? I, I, I'm like, not anymore. Not, not that, now listen, I, I, I want to be careful here. Not that we're not walking in love. You just, you just have to get to a place where you keep your eyes fixed on him, the author and finisher of your faith. You're aware of what he's doing in and through you. And here's the thing, when you're aware of those moods, when you're aware of those attitudes that you're working on, that you're developing, just like today, you're kind of self-evaluating. What I've done, I've taken the liberty of kind of just highlighting a few characteristics that you can take home with you today. The first one is this, you have to believe in yourself. You got to believe in yourself, that you are anointed, that the Spirit of God lives in you. Stop all that nonsense, well, I don't know enough about the things of God. Stop. Believe in you. God has great things in store for you. That being said, believing in yourself, it, it, it means that you have to get comfortable. <laughs> you got to get this. You got to get comfortable with self-improvement. You got to hear people tell you. You got to be teachable. The second one is this. Number one, believe in yourself. Number two, see the best in others. I like the John Maxwell principle. He, he, he calls it the number 10 principle. You always, whenever you see somebody, that's where you start them at a number 10. You see the best in them. Yeah, but what if they're not? Well, they're probably not, but you still take the initiative. Huh? These are characteristics that you and I have to work on. You see the best in others. The next one is this, you're an optimist. You actually believe that the outcome is going to be successful and victorious. You're believing the best in any given situation. You're looking for it. You're, are you ready for this radical thought? You're expecting God to show up. <laughs> you believe in yourself. You see the best in others. You're optimistic about your life. Here's the next one. This is good. This one's going to be a little hard. You're persistent. You don't have that quit mentality. Your attitude is that if you stick with it, stick with it. <laughs> stick with it. Breakthrough is right around the corner. If you stick with it, you believe in yourself. You see the best in others. You're optimistic. You're persistent. And then the last one is this. You own it. You own it. What's that mean? 
That means you step up right where you're at right now. You stop blaming, you assess yourself, and then you change. You own it. Remember what Coach Wooden said? Things turn out the best for the people that make the best out of the way things turn out. This is why you got to get the right atmosphere going in your life. See, when you're moody, only led by emotion, way too easy to look past, listen carefully, the one God's trying to use you to influence. When you're led by emotion, you're, you're this emotional roller coaster and the slightest little thing gets you mad, God's wanting to use you, but he can't because you can't see past the person and what they just did or said. <laughs> can, I, can I meddle for just a second? I know I'm going to anyway. Yeah, I know. Whoever, whoever, whoever said that, yeah. L listen, guys, don't be the person, please get this, those of you watching, don't be the person that waits to see what kind of mood you're in to determine what kind of day you're going to have. Don't be that person. you got the Spirit of God inside you. Well, I woke up in a bad mood. Then go back to bed. Get up on the other side. You can't, you don't, most of this stuff, most of these moods, these tones, these temperaments, most of them are habits that you develop. You don't have to. You have the nature of God inside you. You don't have to respond out of anger. You don't have to get the last word in. You don't have to have that last little jab. This is why the New Testament teaches us that we have to live by faith, not by feelings. We've got to live by faith, not by feelings. We've got to live by faith, not by feelings. You see, guys, faith trusts that God will strengthen us to live this life he's called us to. Right in the middle of uncomfortable situations, right in, right in the face of negativity and things around you that may look dark. I'm sure they did for Daniel, too. I guarantee you, when Gabriel showed up, he was like, the Bible says that he fell to his face. So don't think you wouldn't either. Hmm? Let me show you something in Romans. Y'all okay? I'm, I'm almost done. Romans chapter 15. I know this is one of those kind of rally the troop things, but, but, but sometimes we need that, right? I mean, guys, every one of us, listen very carefully, every one of us rubs shoulders with people on a daily basis that don't know Jesus. And we have to move past political agendas. We have to move past religious philosophies and introduce the God of love. Introduce the God of mercy and grace and say, hey, guys, there's a different way here. We can still correct, we can still address issues. You don't have to do it. Give me the, you don't have to, yeah, thank you. You don't have to do it mad. You don't have to. Now, I'm not saying table your passion, but let's be people of love. May the God, listen to Romans 15. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ had. May he give you the same attitude towards each other that Christ had. Hmm? See, hopefully having talks like this, they encourage all of us to trust God to help us to manage our attitudes, to manage our moods instead of them managing us. 
How does this work? How do we, how do we make this transition? Romans chapter 12, the apostle Paul makes it very clear. It's, it's, it's so simple. Well, in theory, it's simple. You actually have to do it. Listen very carefully. Romans 12, 2. Don't. Y'all got this now. I want this. This should, this should be a refrigerator scripture for you. Don't copy. Don't. Say don't. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Why? Because according to Jesus in John 17, you are no longer of this world. Don't copy the, the, the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person changing the way you think. All you got to do is think on something different. Paul makes it very clear in the New Testament. Think on these things, what are, what are honest and pure and true and holy. Uh-huh. Th think on the right stuff. Don't, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then. Say then. Then you will learn to know God's will, which is good pleasing and perfect how are you going to learn to know god's will by letting god help you to change the way you think hmm? letting god help you to change the way you think see remember guys god has a mandate for us we have been called to the kingdom of heaven for such a time as this we are we're here why not embrace it why not take the words of the prophet isaiah and say yeah lord here i am right here pick me Pick me, God. Pick me. See, I know what that's like not to get picked first. I was a short, fat, white guy, and, and, and you know, I couldn't play basketball with a dime. And all, all my other buddies, they just like, not you, buddy. Not you. <laughs> not you. Huh? I'm like, pick me, man. Nope. <laughs> God's picking you today. God's picking you today. God's picking you today. So here I am, Lord. Send me. Send, send, send me, God. I'll go. Anybody going with me? Two of you? <laughs> All right. There is this mandate. I know I keep coming back to this that God has on us today. Embrace it today. Be willing to let the Holy Spirit inside you give you the strength to change your atmosphere, to control it everywhere that you go, to be this person of passion and love. That doesn't mean that you can't be strong in who you are, but never out of some huh, ungodly, worldly agenda. No. God loves us. God wants the best for us, and He is calling you all today to rise to the occasion and set the right atmosphere for our communities, for our children, for our workplaces. Hmm? You up for this? I got, I got one. Y'all are on your game today, aren't you? Is this, was this sermon too much for y'all today? Are you okay? Huh? Are you mad? You sure? Okay. Here's the deal. Nobody knows that really the time. The one thing I do know, what, we're, what we call life right here is, is just about 
the chapter is just about to wrap up. Listen to me very carefully. This thing's about to come to an end. And every one of us in this room, every one of us in this room know people that don't know Jesus, don't you? If you don't have friends that don't know Jesus, shame on you. Go find you some. Go find you some friends that don't know. No, I'm a Christian. I can't. No, that's, they need you. Be an expression of Christ to them. That's why we're here, to be an expression of him. Now, if you're in the room and you don't know him today, today's your day. You have come to this place for this time. Not to be a member of Victory Life Church, but to give your life to Jesus. Huh? I don't know if I'm ready for that. Well, nobody really knows if they're ever ready. That's why you got to step out and try. You gotta, it's called faith for a reason. Step out. Give it a shot. Some of you are watching me today. That thought rolling around in the back of your mind. Yeah, that's Jesus. He's knocking on your heart. Give Jesus a chance. We've got a very simple solution to all of this. One simple step of faith. One prayer of faith. And Christ moves in. And then he begins to go to work on you. One day at a time. One decision at a time. As we just read in chapter 12 of Romans. He changes your life from the inside out and transforms you. And then we become this beautiful body of believers, loving each other, serving together, encouraging one another, advancing the kingdom of heaven, fulfilling our mandate. But it starts with this one simple act of faith. You gotta give your life to Jesus. So in the room, say the prayer with us. Wherever you're at watching or listening at some later time, stop what you're doing, say the prayer with us and give Jesus a chance. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new and from this day forward. Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said the prayer, if you're here in the room, stop by the information desk. They got a few things they want to give you. If you're watching and you said that, let us know. Tell a friend, tell somebody you just gave your life to Jesus. Amen. Now, hey guys, remember, we always tell you this, but on a message like this, Probably before you get out of the room, opportunity is waiting on you to be an expression, to be an atmosphere to somebody that's going to be encouraging and positive. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.